Hello, hola, and ida hanyani duhenyu. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the eighth episode. Whew, the number eight. <laughs> to the eighth episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast, y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining in. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, Thank you for coming back and welcome again. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share ways to overcome emotional barriers in obtaining our beauty. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. With that being said, let's get into it. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Duran Young, who is also the founder and CEO of Black Therapist Rock. I actually met Duran um, on Facebook through the BTR group. And, you know, with just engaging in the group and commenting, um, I ended up going to the first annual BTR conference in Silver Springs, Maryland. This was back in 2017. And it was at that conference where I decided to be part of the anthology, Black Therapist Rock, A Glimpse Through the Eyes of Experts. And it's just been like history since. Like I absolutely love BTR. I love Duran and everything that the organization stands for. But anywho, I said this all to say that I was having a conversation with Duran because one of the things that came up was like, you know, I want to record a podcast episode and I don't know what to talk about. And she recommended that I listen to a podcast by another fellow social worker, um, Brene Brown. And I'm going to tag, I'm going to add that podcast episode to the description of this podcast episode so so that it makes sense what I'm talking about. But anywho, I was talking to Duran and she's like, you know, you should listen to this, um, to Brene Brown's podcast episode titled FFT. So F as in Frank, F as in Frank, T as in Tom. And I was like, oh, okay, so what's FFT? And I'm going to say what it means in a little bit. So if you're listening to me on speaker, (laughs) just like Brene did in her episode, if you're listening to this podcast on speaker, I'm going to tell you when to lower it a little bit, especially if you have kids around. So I can explain to you what FFT means. But Duran and I were talking about that. And it was just kind of like, you know, People connect with other people who they know, like, and trust. And in order for us to establish trust with one another, there has to be some kind of um, relating factor. And it's not just, you know, being a professional, and I'm using air quotes to say this, being a professional. And it's like, it's great that, you know, as a therapist, I have the credentials on paper to to, to talk about mental health um, from a clinical standpoint, but also give... Um, research-based information to back up or evidence-based evidence-based um, evidence-based practices that have been researched to back up what I'm saying because I'm not just saying this to say it. So yes, I am a trained mental health professional, but before all of that, I am human, and I think that 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 humanity and that human factor is what's going to connect me to my listeners, which is what Duran reiterated to me, and it made me feel like okay. Podcasting is something that I was introduced to, something that I've always thought about doing, but wasn't really sure how to do it. And again, shout out to the Joy of Social Work Podcast, another fellow social worker who has experience in doing this. And it's just kind of like, okay, let's talk about being a rookie. Let's talk about being a rookie. I think that it is very important to kind of go back to basics and think back to the very, very beginning of time when we tried something new for the first time and what that felt like for us emotionally. Because oftentimes we see people or we see people that are in positions that we would like to be in one day. 
I always say, you know, don't don't make somebody else your 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 goals. Be your own goals. But if you are going to admire someone, use them as a blueprint so that you can also attain what has been achieved, but tweak it in the tweak it in such a way that's unique to your personal experience. So definitely be your own goals, but also remember what it was like to be a rookie because everybody's not a vet. Everybody is not experienced in or everyone hasn't always been experienced in whatever their field or expertise is at any given time. Once upon a time you were a rookie and I'm going to title this episode the FFTs of natural hair. And I'll explain. So this is the part of this podcast episode where if you are listening to this on speaker, I humbly ask you to (laughs) turn down the volume. If you have children around, cover their ears or just, you know, have them walk away a little bit. Or if you just don't care about cuss words, that's fine too. Um, So FFT stands for fucking first time. Yes, I said that correctly and you heard it correctly. FFT, I'll repeat it again, stands for fucking first time. And in Brene Brown's episode of her podcast, she was talking about um, being a rookie and trying things for the first time again and remembering what that feels like. And I want to tie this to the natural hair journey because I think that oftentimes we romanticize hair goals or just goals in general, somebody else's goals of what took them a very, very long time to perfect to do well, to embrace, where they they have their hair regimen down packed to like a half hour. And here we are, or here you are trying the same or trying to replicate the same look and it's taking you hours to do that. Well, why is it taking you such a long time? It's because it's not yours to replicate. Use other people as a blueprint. Do not replicate what they themselves have done unless you know how to Unless you've mastered how they've done it and you're able to do it better and faster, then that's different. But if you're trying to duplicate what someone else is doing the way that they're doing, it's not going to work out for you because it's not yours. It's not yours. Um, Now, if you're anything like me, you like structure, you like to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, you... You like organization or what I just described is organization, but you like to know what to expect. You like to know that things are going to play out and that's safety is it's safe to know what it's safe to know when things are going to happen the way that they're going to happen. And that is the complete opposite of what, what your unique natural hair journey is going to look like, not only as far as like what your hair will look like, but also emotionally how you're going to respond to everything that comes with it. So I was listening to Brene and she talks about this bullshit moment. And one of the, my very first bullshit moment <laughs> in my natural hair journey, I can think back to being at the University of Vermont, of course, because this is where it all started, 2007. And there weren't a lot of places, like I shared in previous, um, in previous podcast episodes, there weren't a lot of places where I can go, where I was able to go and find hair products that cater to my natural hair texture, hair stylists that knew how to do my hair texture. So of course, you know, you have to be creative and use your ingenuity. So I was able to either mix some conditioners, order some stuff online. At the time, Amazon was like the go-to place to order anything. Um, And eBay, there weren't a lot of um, accessible natural hair products to me at the time. But as a rookie, you know, you have to use your ingenuity and do what you have to do to get what you need and move on with life. So that's what I did. I went to 
a local pharmacy and I bought some hair products that I was familiar with that I use when my hair was relaxed and then added things like olive oil or like coconut oil, you know, rookie moves, things, things that rookie naturals do because you read it somewhere. At the time, I want to say hairlista.com was like a good natural hair um, website where you can find, well, number one, where you were connecting with other naturals, but also where you can find good, um, like a good ingredient list of like concoctions of just hair products that you can mix together that would add some level of moisture to your hair where you felt like, okay, I'm doing something. I'm doing something, I'm learning something, but I'm also like on the path to get better at this thing that I'm trying to do. So, of course, I go to the supermarket, I buy my special ingredients, I have egg, I have avocado, I have olive oil, I have coconut oil, I have all of these things. And, you know, I get to my dorm room, mixing it up, I wash my hair, I use this conditioner, let it sit for like 45 minutes to an hour or until the ancestors tell you to rinse it out. I'm the person (laughs) that stays with a deep conditioner in my hair a lot longer than I should, but, you know, that's neither here nor there, wash it out. And then th- this is the part of of my natural hair journey where I, I felt like I was always stuck. The washing with shampoo, fine. You know, finding some kind of conditioner, fine. Sometimes the moisture was really good. Other times I needed more, but whatever. The washing part was never the issue. It was always, you know, what do I do when this dries? Because when it dries, it does not look how it did when it was wet. It does not look how it did when the conditioner was still in it. And I just remember, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but wherever you freeze in your natural hair journey, where it's just like, oh, you know, I got it. I got this part. I got this part. And then you reach another part where it's like, shit, what am I going to do now? Or this is the part where, you know, it's a hit or miss. And I just remember feeling like, fuck, what am I going to do to my hair Because number one, I don't have time. I have class in the morning. And I would like my hair to do what I need it to do so that I can get the things that I have to get done and not feel self-conscious about the final result or the final product. And when I was listening to Brene Brown, like one of the things that she said is like, you you have to get to a space in your journey and whichever the thing is. And this is one of the lessons that like my natural hair journey has taught me about life but also about trying new things is that once you get to a space where you embrace that you're going to suck at something new and you normalize the discomfort of the experience, like that is the true definition of courage. And I think that in the natural hair journey, it takes a lot of courage to just try every single day because truthfully, you do not know. You do not know what that outcome is going to look like. And this is someone that's speaking to you 13 years post the experience that I just described. So after my this is bullshit moment, you know, the pouting, the, you know, my hair didn't turn out. I spent all this money on these products and it didn't work. Or, you know, I don't have the time to watch these YouTube videos. The the many lessons that come from the natural hair journey. One of the one of the things of the FFT that Brene Brown talked about in her podcast that I want to relate to natural hair is naming when you are in when naming when you're in something new and there's power in saying like I'm not good at this and normalizing that because when we walk into when we walk into 
things that we're not good at. It can be scary. It can be very discouraging and quite frankly, annoying. The most recent example that I can think of was trying to come up with a podcast episode for this week. Um, I know that for me, one of the things that I've been very intentional about is consistency. And in order to teach consistency to people, you have to practice that. And that is what Naturally Ever After is for me. Um, When I created this podcast, my intention has been to share my own experience in my natural hair journey and how that, and how that, uh, we're going to get this right, and how that has affected me emotionally and also tips and things that have been helpful to me in in reducing and managing those emotions that I have experienced, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be dating, whether it be um, through self-care, but consistency. Um, and when I created, when I launched this pack, when I launched this podcast, what is it with these tongue twisters today? When I launched this podcast, what I said to myself was every other Wednesday, I'm going to release an episode. Every other Wednesday, I'm going to release an episode. And sometimes like today, it is Wednesday at 11 something PM. And I still have not posted the episode. Consistency and courage says, I don't care what you have to do to get it done. It doesn't have to be perfect. But it, you need to you need to share the message and you need to do what you said that you're going to do in order for you to keep going forward. My hope for myself is that this is episode eight when I'm doing episode 80, that I'm not having these same conversations. And that comes with consistency, because with consistency, you learn how to just keep going. And that I think that that is where a lot of people um I think that's where a lot of people lose without giving themselves the opportunity to win. And I feel like I probably shared this example in a previous episode of this podcast, but let's talk about school. You know, for the people that have been to college or have done a certification program or something where you've needed to complete a few steps before you finally completed whatever the thing was. If you didn't do well in step one of the course or a class in, I don't know, the degree program that you're in, you're not going to ever drop out or you might, who knows, but I'm speaking to the people that have graduated. You didn't drop out of school and just say, and just say like to hell with all of this. I'm never going to do it again. You might've taken a break. You might've taken a semester off. You might've taken some extended time off, but the point is that you circled back to the goal and the thing that you said that you wanted to do for yourself. And you were consistent in your efforts to get to the, the end goal. And in this case, graduation. And I think that for me and my natural hair journey, it has taught me to not only do the internal work consistently so that I can outwardly show the progress that I have made, but also the effort that the effort and the lessons that I've had to learn along the way, again, being a rookie, so that I can get to the I can get to vet status. <laughs> I can get to vet status in the hair game. The grace in that comes from putting things into perspective, which is one of the things that Brene Brown said in like reality checking your expectations. I I love when she said, and she quoted somebody else. So I'm quoting her quoting somebody else when she said, um, expectations are just resentments waiting to happen. And one of the things that I appreciate about making sure to keep your reality 
or making sure to reality check your expectations. Again, going back to IFS, internal family systems, which we talked about before, when you feel a level of discomfort or an emotion that's not comfortable, that's information. And one of the things that I encourage you to do is to check that emotion. Like, what is it? What is coming up for you? How are you experiencing that emotion in and around your body? And then reality checking, like, okay, where is this coming from? Why am I feeling this way? And where did I learn this from? And I think that there's power in being liberated from things that we were conditioned to believe have been true or conditioned to believe are things that we should be believing. Because when we when we break away from these learned behaviors or maladaptive behaviors and we are present, in tune, and mindful with what's important to us because we ourselves want these things for ourselves, it's like, okay, now I can move forward. Now I can proceed. Now I can walk in authenticity in a way that is healthy for me. So I paused this podcast so I can go use the restroom. And then I came back and I was having a great conversation with myself to record. Can y'all believe that I did not press record? Like, it's it's really one of those weeks. So I'm just going to recap what what stood out to me from the the podcast episode that I was listening to by Brene Brown and tie it back to the natural hair journey and some takeaway points that I want you to just think about and be mindful of as you continue this natural hair journey, but also be intentional and present with the lessons that you're learning that are also transferable to other areas of your life so that you can extend grace and compassion to yourself. So in listening to Brene's Brown and in listening to Brene Brown's podcast, she talks about as I mentioned earlier before naming when naming naming when you're in it and when you're feeling like, you know, I don't know what the f u c k I'm doing right now. And it's okay to not know because it is the first time that you're doing it. You've never done it before. No one has given you clear instructions on how this is going to play out for you specifically. So the feeling of not knowing is very valid because the reality is that you don't you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen and when you name when you name the discomfort, when you name when you name not knowing, it validates the experience and it helps to minimize a little bit of the frustration and anxiety that may come with experiencing something for the first time because you just don't know. Another thing that she mentions um, is normalizing it. So being able to name that you're in it, normalizing your feelings when you're feeling this discomfort or not this feeling of like not knowing. One of the things that, that comes up is like imposter syndrome. Like, you know, do I deserve to be here? Am I really capable of doing this thing? The answer is yes. Now, do you feel confident in doing this thing right in this moment? Rightfully so. The answer is no, because you've never done it before. Another thing that she talks about is to put things into perspective. So why am I saying all of this? Like, how is this relevant to the natural hair journey? My response is, how is this not relevant to the natural hair journey? If you're like me, I was not taught at home how to care for my natural hair. Since I can remember, I've always had a relaxer. So to learn something new as you get older is something that is very, 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 very challenging. Why? Because in some ways, I believe that we live in a in a capitalistic society, which again is a given, but also in that capitalistic way of thinking is like things have to be perfect. 
Like, you know, you do something for the first time and you're just supposed to excel. And I mean, some people have that experience and shout out to them. Most people don't. And there's a lot of great things that can come from new experiences if we just see it through to the very, very end. And I'm using the Naturally Ever After podcast as a way from my own self to just be accountable to my own word when I said, you know, I'm going to create this podcast and my intention is to air an episode every other Wednesday, even on the weeks, maybe like this week where it was hard to even um, come up with a topic, come up with a topic that I felt like I could, that I felt like I could talk about and make sure to record and post before midnight of, before midnight of that day so that I can be consistent. Because again, anytime you try something new, you're not going to be great at it. Well, let me not say that. Most people won't be great (laughs) at trying something new. Some people are, and it works for them the first time. Shout out to you. I'm not that person. And if you're listening to this, you're probably not that person either. And it's not to say that you won't ever be great in the new thing that you try, but it may not happen the way that you wanted to the first go around. Another experience that I can think about that's applicable applicable, um, and very relevant is when I took my licensing exam. So today makes, I think it's like six days, six, seven days. Um, I took the licensed clinical social work exam on July 15th of 2015, and that was the day that I passed. What most people don't know is that I passed on my fifth try, fifth try, like five fingers, I passed on my fifth try, and every time that I took this exam, the first time, I failed by one point, so discouraged and crushed. Second time, I failed by two points, and for the social workers that are listening to this podcast, whenever you fail the licensing exam for social work, you have to wait three months. Unless you are able to write an appeal and it gets approved, then you you can take it, um, I think it's like within like a month or a few weeks. But yeah, definitely definitely below 30 days or under 30 days, you can take the exam again. So first time, like I mentioned, failed by one point. Second time, failed by two points. Third time, I failed by like, I think it was like 10 or 11 points. At this point, I'm pissed off. What is it that is keeping me from passing this exam so that I can apply for this program called the National Health Service Corp, which I'm going to add the link also to the description of this podcast. If you are in the if you are in the health profession and you have a certain license or certification, you're eligible for up to $50,000 in student loans as long as you work in an approved site. Um, and I had already taken this LCSW exam three times that had failed. I was livid. <laughs> livid beyond words, livid beyond human belief of like just how angry I was. Um, at this test, at myself, um, doubting whether or not I could pass it. And I remember talking to a supervisor I had and she was saying to me, like, you know, Nydia, I don't, I don't want to minimize how you're feeling. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I I hope that you receive the message and not focus so much on how I'm saying it. Cause I, I really don't know how I'm phrasing this, but this test is not measuring your intelligence. This test is not measuring how great of a social worker you are. This is an ethical exam, and that is what you need to focus on when you take this exam. You need to focus on if you were in the middle of nowhere and you had to, and, and this the, whatever the question is, is 
whatever the question is, the situation is playing out in front of you. What are you supposed to be doing? Not not the way that things work out in practice, because we all know that theory and practice are two different things. Similar to our natural hair journeys, the things that you see on YouTube, the things that you see on Instagram or any kind of social media platform is not how things work out in practice when you yourself try to do it or when you try to, like I mentioned before, duplicate something that you've seen somebody else do. Things don't always play out how you want them to play out, either the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time around. But when you add your spin to it and you make this unique to fit whatever you wanted to do, it it tends to work out a lot better. And that was my experience with the LCSW exam. And when I learned that, you know, this is the first time I'm going through this experience, um, normalizing that I don't feel good about it, normalizing that I am angry, (laughs) normalizing all of the emotions that I don't want to be feeling because I'm just so focused on whatever the end goal is. The fourth time that I took it, I think I failed by one point again. But the difference in the fourth time was that I was happy. I was like, okay, so at a minimum, I didn't do as bad as I did the, the third time. And what I did focus on the fourth time going into the fifth time is like, okay, the four, the four times that I've taken this exam, what am I not seeing? What am I not focusing on? What is it that I need to do different and better so that when I take it again, because eventually I'm going to pass. Like when once I took this exam the fourth time, that was my mindset then. I was like, look, eventually I'm going to pass. I don't care at this point. Well, I do care because <laughs> you have to pay every single time you take that exam. But my mindset then was, you know, eventually I'm going to pass this test. My hope is that I don't have to take it a kajillion times to pass it, but I'm going to pass this exam. Now I need to focus on the thing that I'm probably not giving the most attention to. And that was addressing the elephant in the room about how much anxiety I had about taking this exam how much anxiety I had about being a rookie, how much anxiety I had about creating this this facade of perfection about how smart I am and focusing so much on the end goal that I wasn't present with what was in front of me in the moment. And I feel like one of the things that helped me pass this exam was that I stopped studying material and I focused more on self-care. I would say that this is probably one of the first times in my social work career and profession where I was just like, you know, I don't need to focus so much on studying as much as I need to focus on taking care of myself. Because the reality is that when you sit for this exam, it's just you in the exam. You don't bring your books with you. Your phone is not with you. Your notes are not with you. Your um, your flashcards are not with you. Everything that, that you've um, learned in grad school, you can't bring any any like physical things into that test room. It's just you, this dry erase board thing that they give you and your experience and what you've learned. And it's up to you to use the information that, that you have to read these questions, think critically, and again, critically and ethically to make the best decision. And I remember when I passed that exam, this is July 15th, 2015. It was around three o'clock, three, four o'clock when I finished the exam. And um, I just remember feeling so light when I left because it was just like, finally, 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 I passed this exam. It was like the numbness was leaving my body and the excitement was coming in. And even now, five years later, 
because I just celebrated the five year anniversary of being a licensed clinical social worker. I don't I don't even remember as much how frustrated I felt when I was not passing this exam. What I remember more so is the joy. And I think that when you reach like veteran status and anything that you've perfected over a period of time, you forget to be a rookie. And I think that the beauty of being a rookie is that you don't stop learning and you try multiple ways um, to execute multiple strategies that you can do. You're constantly researching, constantly trying new things. And if you stay the course and see it through to the very end to whatever the goal is for you, then you're going to see the results that you were hoping and wishing that you had when you started. So this feels complete for me for now. I am thankful that I kept my word to myself and recorded the podcast episode before midnight, which I'm going to post shortly. I hope that this was insightful and left you with some nuggets to think about um, to think about so that you can implement in your own natural hair journey or use the skills that we talked about in this episode that you can also apply to other areas of your life. I look forward to our next conversation. Um, oh yeah, side note, happy Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, or this is technically the last episode for the month of July. I don't even like the word minority really. Happy majority or no happy global majority citizens month yes because we are the global majority truthfully and that that's that's really what is going to be in a few decades anyway so happy global majority awareness mental health month i'm gonna coin that (laughs) thank you so much for listening y'all have a wonderful evening and I look forward to our next conversation. Adios.